Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We have a wonderful couple joining us today, Leah and, well, it's probably Leah, right? Leah and right. Akiva, right, right. Leah and Akiva Powers, who live in Ashkelon. They made Aliyah in December 2019 from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And they have been married for a long time, 53 years. They are in their early 70s. And are, you know, they made Aliyah alone. Their children are not with them. They're in the States. And they are brave. They are a brave couple that we are thrilled to have on. We're going to hear their story. And all of you listening out there who think, you know, you missed the boat because you didn't come when you were in your 20s, these people are going to prove you wrong. So Akiva right. and Leah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Wonderful. Let is, let, let's start from the beginning, okay? People don't wake up when they're in their early 70s and say, oh, let's go to Israel. It was probably something you had been talking about for many, many years. Why don't you tell us? Uh, yeah, tell, tell us about that. Well, we always, we both grew up in an environment where Israel was very special to the Jewish people. And, and uh, we, were, we were, it was part of our upbringing. And um, I remember in 1967, Mark, uh, Akiva came to me, came knocking on my door. We were dating then. And he came knocking on the door and said, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to um, fight for Israel. That was during the 67 war. And um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, it was over before he had to go. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, even back then, he was, he was very um, determined to go to Israel, and we've talked about it a lot. We didn't just economically didn't know how we would be able to do it um, for a while, and when we retired, we had the answer. So we okay. So what is it? Yeah, slow down, slow down. So when you, re, you said some very interesting things just now, okay? Okay. You said you, you wanted to, but you didn't know how you would financially make it happen. But when right. you retired, you had the answer. Right. Um, Okay, what so, the answer? Yeah, what's the answer? <laughs> the answer the answer very simply was that we were able to put it all together. Um, we both worked for many, many years for Jewish organizations that had um, uh, no retirement benefits. There was uh, you know low low pay, no retirement benefits. We did it uh, you know because it was something we needed to do. And uh, later in our lives, we ended up working for companies that did have retirement benefits. And uh, so we were able to accumulate uh, a financial cushion. But um, quite honestly, we're really not using the money from, that we got from uh, the companies that we worked for, but we're, we're living here uh on our social security benefits um our social social security benefits while not huge uh are sufficient for us to pay for a uh, beautiful apartment we're renting we don't we're not buying we did not come here with the intention of buying um you know we're we're in our 
we're in our early 70s, so uh, we don't qualify for a mortgage. Um, but we have enough money from Social Security pay, to pay for the apartment, to pay for all of the expenses of the apartment, um, the, the electric, the water, and what have you. And uh, it, it's more than enough. And we have the uh, retirement benefits if we need them to fall back on. All right. So or if we, we want to travel. Or if we want to travel. All right. So those are retirement benefits. Interesting. I didn't know that there was an age limit for um, qualifying for a mortgage. There is. Okay. Why don't you share that with us? Um, I don't. I don't remember now what it is. I think it's. I think it's sixty, sixty-eight or sixty-nine. But you know, the bottom line is. Who wants to give somebody who's 70 years old a 30-year mortgage? Okay, you don't need to, don't, I don't, I don't need the, the banking, uh, <laughs> you don't, you, we're, not, we're not on trial. I, I just think everyone should hear that. Um, interesting. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, so but, you, you know, people don't, people don't have to have you know, the, the, the old joke, you know, how do you, how do you end up with a small fortune in Israel come with a large one? Um, we didn't come with a large one, and uh, we're, we're doing just fine. Yeah, yeah, it's all really state of mind. There are people who just have it in their mind to be a homeowner because they've always been a homeowner. Um, you are but proving we're happy them. not to be yeah. homeowners now. Yeah, when, we when were we... homeowners mm -hmm. in the states, and um, again, we did not come here intending to buy a home. Uh, we knew that we would be renting. Uh, it's, it's probably what fits our situation best, and um, you know, it, our income is sufficient just from social security to take care of it right i got that that's that's good for people to hear um it's just again I mean, it's a mindset now a lot of people um yes. want to be homeowners they want to have some an investment or something to leave um but not everyone can and not everyone wants so all right fine you're you know you're you're doing it your way and call it to you what right. um well, yeah i was just gonna say we we had a house, we had um, accumulated so much stuff, stuff. <laughs> and it was like almost a relief when it was time to go through it. We left so much behind and we just um, said we don't need it anymore. You know, it wasn't. It's stuff. It yeah. was stuff. Wow. And we really downsized from a, from a four bedroom house to a, a hundred meter apartment. Um, but wouldn't change it. For anything excellent excellent great uh all of, of you listening in, you know say it again we live in a great place you know we wake up in the morning and we are uh maybe uh i don't know 200 some odd meters from the beach our windows overlook the beach overlook the mediterranean and you know it, it, it's it's gorgeous here we love it here and couldn't think of a better place to be Okay, so you're going to tell us a little bit about Ashkelon and how you chose that place. Um, it is, <laughs> okay. it is, yeah, it's a beach, it's a beach town in a way. Um, tell us a little bit about how, how that happened. Uh, we made frequent trips to Israel, and most of the time we stayed in Jerusalem. But um, we have friends that moved from Harrisburg to Ashkelon about 10 years ago. And so we visited them when we would come to Israel. We would always make a trip to visit them. And um, they loved it here. And 
Akiva grew up by the beach and he loves the water and we just decided this would be a nice place to retire to. Okay, that is great. Did you know anyone besides that one couple? No. no. Okay. All right, so you've been here for two years. You knew one couple, which is, right. uh, you know, more than I knew when we came to Israel. Um, <laughs> so really that's all you need is one friend, right? One good right. friend. Right. And um, how did we you go find- back a long way with them. You will go, okay, so you trust these people, excellent. Um, yeah. and, and I guess I guess they helped you, you know, I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know how you found your apartment. How did you find it and where were you when you found it? Okay, you're guessing correctly. They helped us. They helped us tremendously. You know, they they showed us they showed us where to go. We obviously came here without a car, uh, so they schlepped us around from place to place, uh, getting you know all of the things that we needed, uh, getting the medical in line, getting the uh, um, the other other paperwork in line, and and so forth and so on. And we were very fortunate because everybody told us that it's going to be a big balagan and you're going to have major problems. It's going to take you forever to do this, that, and the other thing. And we did it all within a week. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah. Uh, we found the apartment very simply by walking around the area and seeing the signs. That That's said, right. Uh, the signs in the window. All right. You're like me. I like that. Exactly the way it was. Yep. And we, you know, we ended up calling numbers and going looking at places and, and we found the place. Uh, we didn't look at too many. Yeah, we didn't even look at too many. Uh, when we walked into this place and we saw the view that we have, we said, this is it. Oh, you have to know, though, Akiva was a cook, uh, a excuse chef, me? excuse me, an executive chef. Watch so when we walked into this apartment, it had this a very small kitchen. <laughs> I, um, but then, so then we looked at the windows and every window looked out on the sea and we said i could deal with the kitchen you know kitchen or view kitchen or view, view in won, the end the view went out, view one out and, I can, <laughs> and i can deal with the kitchen so, okay you know, okay i love we're that. not cooking for all the people that we used to cook for yeah look no. you you are you're very wise because you both become flexible i don't know you what you were like before but you sound very relaxed and flexible and you're, i think yeah, I, I think when you move and when you reach a time in your life when you're going to make a change of some sort, you've got to be flexible. I mean, yep. you know, there are people well, who, who would have done the exact same thing you did, except they would move to Florida, right? Nope. Yeah, yes, I, other people would move to Florida. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't see that. It didn't make any sense to us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, and we are flexible. We are relaxed. And, and um uh, very, very little bothers us. Uh, we came here pretty sure that it was going to be a balagan when we got here, that things were going to be difficult and, you know, dealing with the Israeli system and so forth and so on. And, um, you know, quite frankly, it really hasn't been that bad. I People can tell you horror stories about all sorts of things, and I'm, I'm certain that they happen. Uh, it didn't happen to us. Uh, you know, the... the and of course, we came we came just months before Corona and the lockdowns, and um, you know we dealt with that. And we live in in Ashkelon, and we've been through um, two rockets. series two series of rockets. Uh, and you know, this is Israel, right? Right. Tell, well, tell me a little. 
tell me a little bit about that because I, I'm here, but our listeners are all over the world. When, when, when you say you've been through two wars, basically, two wars, let's face it, they are wars, okay? Yep, um, do you have a safe room in your apartment? Do you hear an alarm? Yeah. Do you get WhatsApp yeah. messages? T- tell us how that is for you. Yeah, we we um, we do have a safe room in the apartment. The apartment is uh, a new apartment, and all the new apartments have safe rooms. Um, we are actually the first occupants of this apartment, and um, the alarm, the siren, is right down the block. For when we first started out, you know, we had the um, uh, the alarm on the phone, and we had it set to uh, pretty much the entire country, so it would it would be going off. Well. It would be going off every, uh, I don't know, every 30 seconds or so. <laughs> and, you know, but it finally, it finally dawned on us that until the alarm rings in the neighborhood, um, we really don't have to go uh, scurrying away to the uh, safe room. Okay. Um, you know, so we, had, we adjusted it and we listened for the alarm in the neighborhood. And when the alarm rings, we, we go into the safe room. All right. Until so we hear the, the booms and then we come out. Good. All right. Let, let's talk about that just a little bit so our listeners can understand um you live in an apartment complex i'm guessing there's an elevator there's a hallway you have neighbors yes good now do you have a relationship with your neighbors um somewhat you know the the because of where we live a lot of people purchased uh, apartments in the building for either vacation or for investment so a lot of our neighbors are not permanent residents here, uh, so they come and go. And so we don't see them that often. Um, we have relationships with several families in the building, but uh, frequently they are living someplace else. Right. All right. So my, that's what I, I kind of want everyone to understand. Um, you're... I mean, it's not like you're completely alone, but it sounds like you're uh-huh. living with, you know, you don't have this community around. You can't go knock on your neighbor's door saying, what do we do uh, when the on alarm the goes? Tell on me, the contrary. Know. Oh. On the contrary. We live, we live in an area where there are a lot of Anglos, and uh, we are all very, very friendly with each other. Uh, more than likely, I would say uh, nine times out of ten, we are at somebody's house for a Shabbat meal. Um, the Anglos go out uh, every Monday uh, for lunch on the Tayelet at one of the restaurants. That was something that was started, I think, but three wars ago mm-hmm. because it, the businesses were hurting uh, so much because people weren't going out. Right. So somebody decided that, you know, what we should do is try and support the businesses. Excellent. So every Monday you have the uh, uh, Missile Monday. Oh, uh, they, they, pick a, <laughs> they pick a restaurant and uh, we go out and we support that restaurant. And, oh, it, you know, nice. it, it, it's, it's ongoing. Nice. So we have a we have a tremendous, tremendous support group here. We uh, also get together sometimes uh, at the National Park. We're very fortunate. We have the National Park right down the block. <laughs> Almost, I mean, some walking distance. Um, and, um, Friday we would, afternoon, we would get together for picnic lunch on Fridays if people were finished cooking for Shabbos. Um, so and we would, we would just get, sit out, <laughs> sit out at the park and talk and, you know, bring our own lunch. 
and okay, nice. um, watch watch the parrots go by. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we are we're definitely definitely not alone. Okay, good. Uh, that that is easy. You got to say that loud and clear, because tremendous um, support. Tremendous support. Tell yeah. me a little more more about that. So people who maybe don't uh, go out to eat, or maybe people who uh, don't keep Shabbat, um, or do you start mm-hmm. to keep Shabbat because that's the social thing to do? Did I lose you? So we we. Um, about for quite a while, um, but uh, you know the whether whether people keep Shabbat or not is is not really one of our concerns. Uh, whether they are observant or not observant, people get invited for Shabbat meals, and uh, people come. Um, you know, there, there's a it's there's just a nice a nice core of Anglo's here. Um, you know, some of the people don't speak Hebrew at all, have been here for a long time, but haven't, haven't learned Hebrew. Uh, some are in the middle somewhere and some are fluent in Hebrew. Um, it's, it's a variety of, uh, of different people and, uh, we're just supportive of each other. That's wonderful. That's really, really great. Um, what else do you do to keep busy during the week? Oh, we just lounge around on the beach with our feet up. <laughs> Tell us, um, come on, come on. <laughs> well, we do do some of that, but um, we also, um, there are some shirim for women or for men or for both. Um, so we have the opportunity to do that. We also, um, do some activities like we get together uh, to play games. There's a group learning to play bridge, and uh, Akiba was teaching people how to play backgammon. Um, what else do we do? <laughs> we travel. We try to we go. Travel. We try to go one day a week to some place in Israel that we in haven't. Some place that we haven't been. We go to uh, the parks or to, um, you know, archaeological excavations or or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, you know, we we we're here in Israel. Um, we want to see what the country is, so we go someplace where there's there's history involved, and we, you know, uh, learn the history. And uh, in fact, there's a there's a teal coming up to uh, Kibbutz Yad Mordechai shortly. Okay. So, so um, uh, you know, there are there are many many things for us to do. Right. Uh, what, there what, are, there let, are, let me ask you, let me just interrupt you. Let me just ask you specifically about Ashkelon. Are there okay. museums? Is there a symphony? Is there a, is there a um, country club? Is there a golf course? Are there tennis? Is there a tennis club? Um, the, the, the city itself is um, what I'm asking about because there are people who right. you know, are thinking of places to go and we don't really meet right. that many people on the show who live in Ashkelon. Right. So there is no golf course here. In fact, I understand there's only one golf course in Israel in, in Kasaria, um, which doesn't bother me in the least because I don't play golf. Um, there are tennis courts. There are tennis courts. There are swimming pools. Although the, we have one huge swimming pool out here. It's called the Mediterranean. <laughs> but there are also swimming public pools. There are public swimming pools. There's theater. There's symphony. There are, there are... Uh, musical groups there are 
they bring in groups. Right. There isn't like an orchestra, a and national then, orchestra. Right. And then uh, we have the Tayelet here. Uh, we have the marina and the Okay, tayelet slow down, and... slow down, because our listeners don't know what that is. A, a tayelet, kind of, tayelet is like a boardwalk, kind of. Yeah. That's uh-huh. correct. Tayelet is the boardwalk, and there are stores along the boardwalk, but there's also just uh, places to walk. And um, recently, for Tuba Av, uh, they had musical groups along the along the Tayelet. Uh, late at night, people came out, and uh, you know they were singing along. along with the groups and just enjoying the music. And uh, there are restaurants and. Uh, People have people have a lot of things to do. Something really neat they they uncovered in the national park a um a amphitheater. Oh yes, the amphitheater. An amphitheater, and they they fixed it up. It's beautiful, and they just had outdoor a series concerts. of outdoor concerts over the summer. Right. Very nice. So it's really nice. So the place is is um, Ashkelon is one of the fastest growing communities in Israel. Uh, we expect that Ashkelon is going to double its population within the next 10 years. They're building yeah. a high-tech um, center, um, and it's, the plans are amazing. We'll see. They're putting in um, uh, lakes and mm-hmm. uh, bridges and, I don't know, all kinds of things. Oh, like, uh, water park. The water park and there is one actually there is a water park in Ashkelon. I know I know the girl the lifeguard used, to, used to work park. there. There used, there to, used be. to be. It's no longer. Ah. But we're going to put another one in. Okay. And, um, you know, but uh, there certainly there certainly is not a lack of things to do here. Right. Um, the and the, the city is beautifying. The city is, the city is amazing. The, uh, Absolutely amazing. The flowers and the and the uh, water fountains. And, the ju- it's just beautiful it's a beautiful place to- all right i have one more um question for you for oh, everyone listening about it's about the health care i know yes. the hospital there is bars hospital they ha- they yes. handle a lot of the wounded during the rocket attacks how have yes. you found the health care in general in israel uh the health care uh, okay um number one i should mention that i think they just did a survey and they found Barzillai to be the top-rated hospital in all of Israel. Um, I don't know what it was top-rated in, but um, it, it certainly it certainly does provide tremendous health care. Um, health care was one of our major concerns when we came here. It was uh, one of my biggest frustrations also because um, trying to get um, through to uh, an English speaker um, when you don't have Hebrew and trying, you to, get have Hebrew and trying to find out about your health, I mean, and making appointments, you do have to wait a long time to see specialists. Mm-hmm. What's a long time? Tell me, tell me what a long time is. Well, she had to go see a specialist, and she called up uh, on it's been Monday, like three, well, Monday, and she saw him on Thursday. No, but so that's not what I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm talking about the one I had to wait three months right. for. Right. Sometimes you have to wait for a period of time. If yeah. If you want, if you go, week. if you go in your system you could go private and pay out of yes. right and so right. everyone everyone listening just know I, I want everyone to hear that because you uh, you know people who are considering Aliyah, they hear a lot of um messages a lot of they hear a lot of things but 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 we're you're here and i want them to hear what you're saying 
and, and know that you you do have choice here. You do have choices. You definitely have choice, um, but we have not, except for one time, gone out of system. The rest of the time, we have been in the system. We've used the system. Um, I think I've used every part of the uh, of the system from except uh, except for the ambulance. I've used every part of the medical system since we've been here. In fact, the uh, the first week that we were here, uh, I was attacked on the Tayelik by a um, <laughs> a cement bench. Uh, oh God! I'm a, I'm a bit of a klutz, and I wasn't watching where I was going, and I ran into the cement bench. And, uh, you know, bottom line, I ended up in the hospital with uh, a problem with my leg. Uh, but the medical care here has been has been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really have any complaints other than maybe having to wait for uh, a period of time to get to something. But then again, you know, we talked to our friends in the States and there's, they're complaining to us that I had to wait a, a long time before I had an appointment with this doctor right. or that doctor. That's right. So I don't, think, right. I don't think it's it, it's really any different than uh, than what it is in the states. And uh, you know, the, the language sometimes, if you don't have the Hebrew, can be frustrating. Um, but I I think as the um, Anglo community has grown here in Ashkelon. Uh, we've noted that the, there are more doctors and there are more people who are on intake on the telephones that are talking English. And, uh, you know, so uh, it, it really hasn't been bad. The, the, I guess the one down thing that we had, because we, we got here just before Corona and then Corona hit, we were not able to take Ulpan because the Ulpanim were closed. And, um, you know, so we, we still have to arrange that. We still would like to arrange that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in that I pick up language and I'm not having a problem. Uh, but both of us, both of us would like uh, very much to, to go to Ulpan. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it'll help us tremendously. And, uh, you know, but overall, I would say that uh, things here are great. Wow. That is very nice to hear. Um, all of you listening, Ulpan is the... You asked me for the truth. Is, yeah, well, look, Ulpan is Hebrew language, intensive Hebrew language learning that uh, Olim get, I believe, as their package of rights yeah, right. right? for That's the correct. first six months or something like that. Well, Actually, they give you three up to three years, I think, to get it. But um, they now they're suggesting that you take it privately. And they will they reimburse, reimburse you, you for the cost because there's a backup because so many people are coming. Right, you have so many. You have so you many. Have so many new Olim. New Olim, Russians, Ukrainians, Ethiopians, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so the Yolpanim are are crowded, oh. <laughs> and uh, it, it's difficult to find a spot. So they're they're uh, telling you to uh, go private, um, pay for the private, and as you go through it, they reimburse you. So what do you what uh, do you think about that? You too. I well, think that's probably what we're going to be doing. That's what we're going to do, yeah, uh-huh. after the holiday. Uh-huh. So that's interesting to hear. Um, okay. Well, thank you for, for sharing all that. And, uh, you know, some advice that you maybe want to give to our listeners would be great if you want to just, you know, if you have one thing to share. Um, Akiva, could you... <laughs> Well, you know, I think the one thing that I would share 
don't hesitate to come. Um, there's no time like the present. Um, you know, all those stories you hear about how difficult it is and so forth. Um, really not. Uh, at least it hasn't been for us. You know, maybe we're atypical. I think a lot of it depends upon your attitude. And uh, our, our attitude has been very, very positive from the beginning. Yeah, we knew there were going to be problems. We didn't run into them, which was pleasant. But uh, even if there are problems, you know, you, you just you just take it for what it is and you'll be able to work through the problems. And, and life here is is great. You know, so they throw a couple of rockets out of you every now and then. It doesn't matter. Um, it's wonderful wherever you go in Israel. Excellent. Uh, Leah? Well, the only thing I, I would say, I love it here and I feel this is my home. And the only thing is the hardest thing for me was leaving my kid and my family behind. And um, I hope one day, starting with my grandchildren, that they'll come first <laughs> and then bring my son and my daughter-in-law and my other son. That's what we all want, you know, and you are the leaders, so they will follow. I hope so. We hope so. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. We're, uh, we're living the dream, as they say. It, it's, it really is, it was it really is wonderful it, here. And wonderful. So uh, that was a great interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, they're a very good example of people who can come here at the second part of their life. You don't have to come only when you're young. People say that. Yes, it's easier. You have a different kind of life, but it's a great place to retire. And they found a really nice little community there in Ashkelon. And if any of you have any questions, please contact me, Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Ask me your questions. I will forward your questions to Rivka and Leah and um, put you directly in touch with them. If they can be of help, that would be great. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this show, for people to be encouraged and to find you know, real people, and we're here to help. Now, I, I uh, was doing a different kind of show earlier this summer. I was recording different parts of my day, and I... Uh, honestly, you know, kind of don't have that much to say sometimes, you know, I don't have that interesting of a life. But I did record myself this past few days, some thoughts I was having, and I recorded myself at the pool where I am all the time. So you'll have to forgive the background noise, you probably hear kids in the background, but there were some things I wanted to share with you, and I recorded them, and I'm going to play them right now. Hello, everybody. Um, just a few thoughts I've been having that I, you know, seem to have over and over, but I haven't been able to share or put into words. Two thoughts. One involving commercials and improving your Hebrew, radio, and another about um, taking care of your aging parents. And I'm talking about here being in Israel and watching this happen around me. Regarding the radio, um, to improve your Hebrew, you know, it's very, very helpful to hear commercials, even over and over again. You know, they stick in your head just like commercials do in English on TV or radio. Um, and hearing them in Hebrew, you, you really like learn those lines. It is a great way to learn and it's effortless. So I really encourage that if you can do that before you come to Israel, if you can do that while you're in Israel, instead of always listening to your 
um, favorite podcast or your favorite song list, maybe listen to the radio and you'll hear stuff that maybe you ordinarily wouldn't choose to hear, but you learn, you really do learn. I uh, remember this from years ago when there were only two channels in Israel, I think it was channel one and channel two. And I had a TV, like a used TV. This is before I made Aliyah with my husband. It was when I lived here as a single person when I made Aliyah alone. And I learned um, phrases and words and songs from those commercials. So it's very helpful. So those are people who are living here who are planning to live here. A great tip. Another thing I wanted to talk about was your aging parents. I see this over and over and I, and I am always um, impressed by it and I haven't discussed it with anyone here, but people here take care of their parents and they don't put them in homes. Um, there are old age homes, there are uh, facilities, but many people um, are very actively involved with their parents and it's very strange or I guess surprising for me, I guess, when I see people older than me, much older than me, talking about their mother. I have to go visit my mother, my mother this, my mother that. And I'm thinking, wow, your mother is alive? You know, these, these older women, I'm talking women, because it's the women I hear, really um, actively visit their parents and talk about them and involve them. And you see them here with their um, aides. There are Thai workers here who wheel them around in their wheelchairs when they're here. Um, w people here rent houses or little apartments for their parents. Sometimes they add an apartment onto their home and uh, is a beautiful way to take care of your aging parents. And Israel and Israeli society values the older generation. And I've always seen this. Um, it may not be as strong as it once was. I know the like younger generation I hear complaints, you know, not everyone stands up for the older woman on the bus or the pregnant woman on the bus. But what I see here, where I live in these communities, is a lot of honor and love for um, their older parents. And I love that and I think it's a, a value to stress and to teach and to see. And. Um, it's a, it's a great uh, lesson for my own children to see that happening. It's the last, almost the last week of summer here. It really is the last week of summer. I'm speaking to you and today is August 25th. Um, I just want to share with you something that I just kind of realized. A little baby here just flipped over in a um, kind of like a little mini blow up boat and the mother wasn't watching. She turned around, saw the kid was upside down, and grabbed him. Um, I saw it happen also, but I'm on the other side of the pool. And I ran over, but she flipped him back. And I removed the boat and deflated it and told her to get rid of the... He was also wearing water wings. I said, get rid of the water wings and teach him how to hold his breath. And she was kind of like, well, you know, he's kind of young and he doesn't know how. I'm like, that's what you need to do. <laughs> told her that and and this has been the fifth incident that's happened this summer this is the first time the mother caught the kid I had to jump in a couple times and um, my heart is beating and I feel like I'm gonna throw up and it's like I'm done I, I, I can't take it anymore these these parents don't understand water they don't teach their kids anything about water they don't I just I can't take it I, I'm exhausted 
And the end of the summer is like dangerous, you know? The, the mothers kind of just hang around the pool and they're looking at each other. They're not looking at their kids. And, um, you know, I'm sick over that. And, uh, you know, nothing bad even happened. Maybe almost happened, but I can just imagine the uh, first response medics who actually come upon people in a much more severe situation, you know, passed out and they have to perform CPR and all this type of thing. And I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it. But I, I do understand the rush you get. I mean, I'm like a mess and I didn't have to do anything, but I saw it. Um, and the mother also saw it and came over to me and told me, those things should not be used at all. They're more dangerous than this. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Um, but can you imagine being a rescuer and actually saving someone's life? They must get kind of a, a rush from it, maybe a good rush, maybe a bad rush, but it def definitely def definitely affects you. And I always used to think, like, why would anybody become a mecca? What, what are these people doing? Why are they so um, dedicated? Why are these young people and old people, you know, learning first aid, being old? alert and being available 24 hours every day to save lives for strangers, people they don't know, in the middle of the night. What drives them? Like, what would make someone do that? And now I get it. I get it. They feel that they have this, um, they're, they're like a shaliach. They have this gift that they're able to save people. When nobody else is around. I get it. I get it. I'm the eyes here at the pool. I'm like a policeman. I'm a doctor. I'm a mother. I'm a teacher at the pool. I'm like the only one watching everybody. Everybody's either watching their own kids or not watching their own kids. And I'm the only one watching. And I, and I guess those rescuers feel that same heavy responsibility. They're the only ones who can save. They know how. They will do it. They'll succeed. They're a shaliach. Um... And I, I thank God for them, you know, to have that feeling, to have that knowledge. Um, I'm going to be traveling soon after the Chagim, after my son's bar mitzvah, to, I'm looking at Florida, South Florida. And um, if any of you listening want me to come to speak to your communities about our amazing medics, please get in touch with me and I will come and speak and share my particular view um, just as a regular person living here. And uh, I'll be happy to do it in Florida. And if you need me to fly somewhere else, I'll do it. Once I'm in the States, I'll hop around if I need to. It's important. It's really important. That's the end of our show. Thank you all for listening. And again, if you want to contact me, please do at natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com. Have a great week. love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us.
by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India. And I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 